your Bibles. I tell you, I've really been working with that crowd. <laughs> They're really coming along. Amen. All right. Isn't it good to be saved? Yeah. Hey, I love that song. I love that song. If your hope is in anything but Jesus, you're in trouble. You are in trouble. All right. Grab your Bibles and turn with me to Philippians chapter number two. Philippians chapter number two. And, uh, and, and, uh, uh, Hey, Tyler, can you run and get my glasses off my desk, please? <laughs> you are awesome. <clears throat> First, I left them in my truck. I had to go back out to the parking lot and get them out of the truck. All right, Philippians chapter number two. Here's the thing. Here's the thing about this message today. I need everybody's attention. Everybody's attention. Look at me, everybody. I want everybody to raise a hand. Everybody raise a hand. I don't see you raise a hand, so I know you're listening. You're paying attention. All right, raise a hand. And now I want you to repeat after me. This message, this message. is for me. <laughs> All right. It's not for my neighbor. It's for me. It's not for my spouse. It's for me. It's not for my coworkers. It's for me. Are y'all with me? How many times have you sat in the service and said, boy, so-and-so sure needs to hear this one right here. Y'all have heard, heard the story about the man who was a purity heathen. Every week the, the preacher just poured out and, and he'd come and tell the preacher, he said, Preacher, you sure gave it to him today. And he was thinking, I'm talking to you, man. And, and finally, thank you, finally, uh, uh, one day it snowed real bad and the only person that showed up to church was that heathen. And the preacher said, I got him today. I got him. Son, he unloaded both barrels, Genesis to Revelation, wide open. And he came back after the service and said, Preacher, I tell you what, if they'd have been here, you'd have sure gave it to them. Amen. <laughs> now, we're not doing that today. Amen. Today, this is all, all of us have to deal with this subject. We struggle with this. We, we, this is something we all have to deal with. Now, some, I would, I would grant it, some are worse than others. Uh, some have this issue worse than others. Uh, but we all have to fight it. It is, a, it is a nature that is in us that is, we are born with. I mean, we arrive on this planet, but nobody has to teach us this issue. Uh, we struggle with it till the day we die, and, and, and we need to get a hold of it. And we're going to talk about that here in just a minute. All right, now I can see. Now, look, I'm not saying I'm Clark Kent, <clears throat> but you've never seen me and Superman in the same room together. Amen. Woo, amen, now I can see, all right. Now some of y'all ain't smiled yet, I'll get you for it's over with, all right? Loosen up, we need to, we need to uh, don't, be, don't be so uptight about this. I'm glad you can smile in the house of God, amen? Amen. Now let's look, Philippians chapter number two, in verse number one. If there be therefore any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels and mercy, that word bowels there means the innermost. You know how you get feelings from the innermost. Uh, I mean, how many of y'all know when you, you have been heartbroken or you've been so excited it hurts all the way inside? That's what he's talking about. He's talking about having inward passion. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and of one mind. Let nothing, nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God, but made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. And wherefore God also hath highly exalted him and given him a name which is above every name, that at the name of Jesus every knee should bow and th of things in heaven and things in earth and things under the earth and that every tongue should confess that Jesus Christ is Lord to the glory of God the Father. Wherefore, my beloved, as ye have always obeyed, not as in my presence only, but now much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trend. Now, now, now let me say this where we go so you don't get misread what I just said. He didn't say work for your salvation. He said work it out. Once you get saved, you work it out. You work it out. You, you, you show on the outside what's happened on the inside. If that makes sense, say amen. amen. For it is God which worketh in you both to will and to do of his good pleasure. Do, okay, all right. Here, let's, let's, let's watch this now. Do how many things? 
all things without murmurings and disputings, that ye may be blameless, harmless, the sons of God, without rebuke in the midst of a crooked and perverse nation, among whom ye shine as lights in the world, holding forth the word of life, that I may rejoice in the day of Christ, that I have not run in vain, neither labored in vain. Father, I thank you, Lord, for your word. I thank you for the great worship this morning, the great singing and the, and the, and the sign worship. Lord, it was such a blessing and an encouragement to my heart. Now, Lord, help us to take this stuff and, and, and apply it, not just hear it, not just learn it, but do it. I pray that your perfect will be done, and God will thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 You may be seated. <clears throat> Before we go forward, I, I want to I read... I want to read, and if you haven't guessed, if you haven't guessed the topic of today or, or the struggle that we have, let me just throw this word out to you, selfishness. So, whoo, it's quiet. <laughs> selfishness. You say, preacher, what, what, what do you mean? How, how are we born with selfishness? Uh, how many of y'all have ever watched Little People? Now, I'm talking about little, little people. Little people that haven't gone to school yet and haven't gone to learn anything yet. Little, little people who have toys in the same room. How many of y'all have ever seen a child in the middle of a pile of toys and one child on the other side of the room with one toy and the child in the middle of all the toys will go and try to take the one toy from the other child and use this terminology? Mine. I, I, I need a witness. Mine. Now, I know, I know you think adults don't do that. But we'll look at parking spots in the parking lot. Mine. If somebody sits in our normal chair at church, mine. If they don't sing our song, mine. Hello. See, we don't really grow out of it, do we? Sometimes we're just, we're selfish and we don't even realize it. And selfishness is terrible. You know, we all, we all struggle with it. We all do. I don't care who you are, we all struggle with it. And it's getting worse and worse and worse. I, I, I looked up this verse You've heard it a hundred times. The Bible says in, in 2 Timothy chapter 3. No, you don't have to turn. I'm just reading it because it's really, this is just kind of an intro. This know also that in the last days, the last days, and I believe that we're there. Would you say amen right there? Amen. We're there. Perilous times shall come. Dangerous times, difficult times. Now watch, what, watch how he describes. He gives a list of all the things that's going to be taking place in the last days. For men shall be lovers of their own selves, covetous, boasters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, without natural affection, truce breakers, false accusers, incontinent, fierce, despisers of those that are good, traitors, heady, high-minded, lovers of pleasure more than lovers of God. Then he says this, having a form of godliness, having a form of godliness. In other words, these are not just teetotal heathens. These are religious people, religious people who have a form, a form. Y'all have poured concrete, right? You have a form, but before you pour the concrete in there, you have the form. It's just a outline of what the real deal is, but there's no substance. What does that mean? There's going to be people all over this world who have an outline. They have a form. They have a, they have a semblance of something godly, spiritual, religious, but there's no substance. Did y'all notice, did y'all notice the very first description in the list? Did you notice the very first description in the list? Do we have that? Do we have that? Look what it says. Go back, go back to that. For men shall be of who? How many, how many, how many words can you find that's used in the English language today with the word self in it? Self-help, self-esteem. Are y'all with me? Selfie. 
the lips, man. Help me. Look at me. Look at me. Look at me. We're dying for attention. Craving for, listen, I'm just, I'm just telling you like it is. Y'all laughing because you know I'm right. And you see, Paul really is addressing, now I want to, I want to put this out there. I want to put this out there. I'm not addressing this because of why Paul is addressing this. Paul is addressing this because there's some people that's not getting along in the church at Philippi. You'll find that in chapter 4, Yodius and Syntyche. Uh, whatever they're arguing about, it does not say, but Paul's saying, can't we all just get along? And he's using, he's using these verses to help them get along. And in the way he's describing it, in the way he's dealing with this subject, he's saying the reason you can't get along is because you got problems with selfishness. And, and, and as we go through this lesson, you, you will find out at the end, you will find out at the end why I am addressing it. As far as I know, as far as I know, I don't know of anybody not getting along in here. I don't, I don't. And if they're not, don't tell me, amen? I don't even want to know. I, you know, I do want to know, I want to fix it. But it, I, I, right now, I think everybody's good right now. So that's not necessarily the case. Now, if we practice this, that won't ever be a problem. But this is why you'll see in point number three, why I want to address this, why I want to talk about this. And, and, and then I'm going to give you some practical ways that we can practice this. I'm not just going to tell you uh, about an issue and tell you what the Bible says about it. I want to tell you how we can practice this. How many of y'all would like to be less selfish in your life? Selfishness destroys marriages. Selfishness destroys friendships. Listen, selfishness destroys churches. Churches rarely. Have, have, you, have you ever thought about this? Churches rarely. I mean, almost to the point that it's non-existent. Do they ever dis- be destroyed or split or break up over doctrine? Rarely does that happen. Hardly ever does that happen. People are not. And that's the only reason it should happen. You mean tell you why churches break up? Because they cut the pie wrong at the fellowship. Because somebody sat in Granny's chair. You know that's Granny's chair. That's been Granny's chair since 1927. You know that's Granny's chair. Why y'all sitting in Granny's chair? Are y'all with me? If you've been in church any amount of time whatsoever, you understand what I'm talking about. Man, it's a terrible thing. Now, what does he say about it? Number one, I'm going to give you three points. Three points and we'll hunker down in the third one, all right? Number one, I want you to see the instruction he gives. The instruction he gives. He's teaching them. He's teaching them in, in verses, verses uh, let, let's start here and uh, let's go back. Let's go back to Philippians chapter 2. He says this in verse number 2. Fulfill ye my joy. Fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded. In other words, y'all need to think the same. You need to be on the same page. Having the same love, being of one accord and of one what? Mind. Okay, three things. Three things underneath the instruction. He says, I want you to have unselfish feelings, unselfish feelings, be of the same mind, think the same thing, go the same direction. Fellowship means two fellows in the same ship rowing the same direction. That's what fellowship is. Fellowship is centered around a cause. It's centered around a, a common denominator. Some people fellowship at the fishing hole. Some people fellowship about motorcycles. Some people get together about old classic cars. Some people fellowship around coon hunting. They come together. There's a common denominator. We're to, our fellowship is in Christ. We are fellowshipping in Christ. He is our common denominator. I, Christ is in me and Christ is in you. We are together. We come together to feel and be a part of the bride of Christ. And so we should have the same feelings, unselfish feelings, love one toward another. And by the way, all unselfishness stops at love. If you read, if you read uh, 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 1 Corinthians chapter number 13, that, one of the greatest descriptions of love is being unselfish. That's what love is. Now, watch this, unselfish feelings. And then uh, B, unselfish favor. Favor, look what it says in verse number three. <clears throat> Let nothing be done through strife, that's arguing, Shouldn't be arguing over anything. Or vainglory, uh, empty, empty uh, uh, recognition. You could put that there for vainglory. In other words, I want the credit. I want people to look at me. I want the glory. 
There's only one that should get glory in the church, and that's Christ. Are y'all with me? Let nothing be done through strife or vain glory. But watch this. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. Now, the word esteem there means to value. Say that with me, too. Say it again. To value. In other words, what he's saying, he said, you should look at your neighbor and think they're more important than you. You ought to act in your mind and in your thinking and in your favor. It says prefer one another. Don't think so highly of yourself more than you ought to think. Romans chapter number 12, right? Paul is saying you should value your neighbor. We've got a a, a consultant, actually a counselor that's coming in. He's helping our staff. Man, he's just an incredible guy, an incredible guy. And he asks this question all the time. How can I add value to you? In other words, what can I do to be a blessing to you is basically what that's saying. What can I do to help you have a better life, help you have a better day? What can I do to help you be better? What can I do to add value to you? And you know what? John Maxwell says this, and he was teaching us when we had our staff together. He said, the only way you'll ever add value to people is if you value people. You mean tell you what our problem is? We don't like nobody. Except the one we're shaving. Now, we like ourselves. Come on. Why do you think God said to love others like you love yourself? Because God knows we like ourselves. Do you value other people? Do you esteem them better? Do you value them more than yourself? No, No wonder. No wonder churches are crumbling. No wonder the divorce rate's so high. No wonder kids are killing each other like crazy and have no value of life. So, oh, it's the, it's, the, it's the video games. It's this, it's that. No, we're not teaching them to value each other. We're not teaching them to respect each other. We're not teaching them. Listen, we are raising children. This has been going on years. It ain't just, it ain't just, listen, uh, uh, Tyler, it ain't just your little monkey. It ain't little Howard. He's just here. He ain't even got there yet. We, we, we don't teach them what no means. We, 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 we cater to them hand and foot, give them whatever they want. And then when they get out of the real world and they hear no, they lose their mind. Because they were raised in such a way that all the world was about them. No respect for anything, no respect for anybody, nothing but selfishness. And you say, I tell you what, that child needs a whooping. No, that parent needs a whooping. That's right. That's right. I, well, let me move along. I see some of y'all getting a little anxious. I, I, I heard this statement. Please teach your children respect and discipline because we got to live with them when you're through with them. I'm going to just leave that right there. Look what it says. He says, I want you to be unselfish in your feelings. Love one another. Be of the same mind. And by the way, watch this, watch this. Let me just say this. There's a ton of people in here. A ton of people in here. The only way we're going to be of the same mind is someone's going to have to submit. Yeah, we're all the same. Uh, uh, Marriage is all the same. No. That, That kind of thinking is like you have a elephant and a rabbit stew. What do you mean elephant and rabbit stew? You say, oh, we're all the same. There's one elephant and one rabbit in the stew. Y'all ain't getting it. It's not that way. How many of y'all, how many of y'all know there's all kind of different opinions in here? Do we have any motorcycle people in here? Do we have any motorcycle people like motorcycles? Come on, I see. Okay, I got some hands. Raise it real high. Raise, don't be ashamed. Don't be ashamed. All right? All right, got some motorcycle people. How many, how many pickup truck people do we have in here? You'd rather drive a pickup truck than Look at that. Look at that. How many sports car people do we got in here? Sports car people? Yeah, there we go. There we go. Camaro, Mustang. What you, what you like? What you like? 
Mustang, Ford man. Ford man, what you got, son? Today. Lamborghini. Woo-hoo-hoo. Son, you're in the wrong church. <laughs> you, uh, Ooh. I'm praying for your parents in their tax bracket, amen. Lamborghini. Do y'all see this? We all got we all got different opinions and different likes. How many, how many outdoor people do we have in here? Outdoor people. All right. How many, how many of y'all would rather be galled at the knees than, than have to go in the outdoors? You like how many air-conditioned people we got in here? Oh yeah, yeah. See there? How many, how many, how many good old-fashioned traditional gospel people do we got in here? Good old-fashioned traditional gospel people. How many contemporary folks we got in here? Love that contemporary. See there? At some point, someone's going to have to submit. If we're all going to have the same mind. And you know what God says in his word? He says, submit one to another. You know what that means? At some point, all of us have to be willing to submit and say, hey, whatever you want. What, 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 what do you need? And see, that brings us to the third one. Look what he says. He said, I want you to be like-minded. I want you to have the same. And by the way, by the way, you, you can only do that if you love each other. Are y'all with me? Be like-minded, have the same mind, have the same love. Then, then he says, esteem. In other words, value the person beside you. Esteem, to value them more than you value yourself. And then watch this third one. Watch this third one. Look what it says in the very next verse. And I'm hurrying, I'm hurrying. Verse 4. Look what it says in verse 4. Look not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. There needs to be an unselfish feelings, unselfish favor, and unselfish focus. Now, let me, let me help you understand what this does not mean. This does not mean that you mind everybody else's business but your own. Do I have a witness? It's amazing to me that people is wanting to mow everybody else's grass and there is to an elephant. Are y'all with me? This ain't, this ain't mean in mind everybody else's business. It means this. Don't always think of just yourself. Don't always ignore the needs of others and just think about yourself. Are y'all with me? He said, be willing to see someone else. Be willing to focus on somebody else. Get the focus off of yourself. Do you want me to tell you the most depressing thing you could ever do? If you want to live in depression, only focus on what you want or what you need. Because guess what I found out? When I only focus on what I want or what I need, I always think and I always feel like I don't have what I want or need. But when I focus on what someone else doesn't have or what someone else needs or try to help them, I find out I got a whole lot more than I thought I had. Are y'all with me? It's kind of like my father. We, we had, uh, when we have uh, on, on old-fashioned day, we, we'd have old-fashioned homecoming, whatever you want to call it every year. You know, we, we was in a smaller church, and I missed that bad. I'm telling you, wearing overalls and cook, uh, wild hogs and banana pudding and, 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 and homemade ice cream, say amen. <clears throat> and the traditional football game after church, everybody played in it. I mean, and we played tackle. We tackle, son. I'm, no, no pads, no nothing, but we played tackle. We preached blood and we played blood. Say amen. Every year, someone went to the emergency room, and this year, it happened to be dad. Amen. He fractured his finger, you know, and it was just bad, and, and, and he was just sitting. He said, I was sitting in, the, in, the, in, the, in the, uh, uh, the, 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 the emergency room, and I'm just whining and thinking about my finger and how bad it was. And a, they rolled a kid in there who had, had, his, his, he had lost his whole hand. It was an accident, and it was just a bad thing. It was all wrapped up. He said, here I am whining about my little finger. And you know what Paul is saying? Sometimes there's so much going on around us, and all we do is focus on ourselves. And you know what it does? It makes us miserable. It makes us miserable. And by the way, let me say, you may not know this, but it makes you miserable to be around too. I'm going to just say that. Because the one sitting beside you ain't, so I'm going to say it for him. Do I have a witness? So quit thinking about yourself so much. 
Theodore Roosevelt said this. Theodore Roosevelt said this. I have often thought that unselfishness combined in one word more than, uh, excuse me, let me back up. I have often thought that unselfishness combined in one word more of the teachings of the Bible than any other in the language. In other words, if you practice unselfishness, you cover the whole book. I mean, you know what? I can't really argue with his statement either. He's saying, quit thinking about just yourself. Quit thinking about what you need or what you want or what you desire. And start thinking about others. You know, the, 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 in, in, in Sunday school, when we were growing up as a little kid, you know, they teach you this joy. Joy equals this, Jesus first, others, then you. If you truly want to have joy, put Jesus first, then put others, and then put you. Well, what about my needs? I tell you what, if you take care of God's plan and God's will and God's business, God will take care of yours. Now watch this, second thing, second thing, and I'm, I'm going to hurry because we've got to get that last one. The second thing, here, here, here God, I, I'm, so, I'm so tickled with, 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 with the Lord because he's never going to send you up a ladder he hadn't climbed. And so what Paul does is not only does he tell you to be unselfish and to not just think of yourself, he says, let me tell you what Jesus did. Let me tell you the most unselfish act that's ever been committed. He said, let this mind be in you. Let this mind, in other words, this way of thinking, this, this way of processing, let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus, who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. Now, what does that mean? That means this, Jesus has always been and always will be, right? In John 1, 1, it says, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was capitalized right there, so it's in reference to Jesus. We know that by verse 14, because it says, and the Word became flesh and dwelled among us, and we beheld His glory as of the only begotten of the Father. So we know it's talking about Jesus. In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with Him. All things were made by Him, and without Him was not anything made that was made. So Jesus always has been. He's always been. Jesus did not begin existence in Bethlehem. Does everybody understand that? But he was in the form of God. He was God. He came and went. There's Old Testament Christophanies. In other words, where Jesus showed up pre-incarnate. And I believe he showed up to Abraham. I believe he showed up. Anyway, that's a whole other message. But the point is, he was in the form of God. But he didn't think that that was something that would be selfishly to be held on to. In other words, he was willing to give that up and take upon him the form of a man. In other words, the creator became the creature. Now watch this, guys. Some of y'all may not even understand this or think about this. When he took upon the human body in the human form, that was for eternity. Can you imagine? Can you imagine being in all the glory? Can you imagine him being in the very presence of the Shekinah glory of God and deity just flowing out from you and being in that form, but submitting himself and becoming a lowly human? Talk about unselfishness. So if you want to put things, write these three things down. We see Jesus' illustration in his person. Though Christ, now listen to this, though Christ had the rights the privileges and the honors of deity, which he was worthy of and could never be disqualified from, he willingly gave those up to accomplish the task given him by his father. We see an illustration of unselfishness in his person in just becoming human. But then in his practice, verse 7. Verse 7, look what it says. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. Now, now think about this. Think about this. This is, this is God. This is God. This is the one with so much power that he could speak and it exists. He spoke this world into existence. But yet he became the creature. He became human. But watch this. Now, now if he would have thought like me and you, some would have thought, I, I, I might have I somewhat been okay with becoming human, but I would be the top human. 
I would be the human in charge. I would be king human. <clears throat> Y'all with me? Prime minister human. <clears throat> Amen? But what did he take on? The form of a... In his practice. Not only did he show unselfishness in just being human, but he showed unselfishness in what he did as a human. He had nowhere to lay his head. He was a homeless human. Listen, he was born in a cattle stall. Not in, not in some great hospital, not on silk sheets. He wasn't in a palace. All he did was serve. All he did was help. All he did was heal. All he did was wash feet and feed hungry people. Are y'all with me? Paul is saying, hey, we can do this. Look what Jesus did. The greatest of all became the least of all that we could be something. So he showed unselfishness in his person, just being human. He showed unselfishness in his practice. He, He came in the form of a servant, but not only that. But here's the thing, in his passion, in his passion, look what else he did. Verse number eight, verse number eight, and being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death. Not just death, but the death of the cross. What does that mean? The death of a criminal. The death of a criminal. Jesus did not just demand, or not, he did not even demand normal human rights, but voluntarily subjected himself to persecution and to the animosity of others. Beyond even persecution, Jesus went to the lowest point and furthest extent of his humiliation and died as a criminal following God's plan for him, which was the cross. And we don't want to park in an inconvenient place. We get an attitude if we feel sometimes if somebody's getting something over on us. But the prince of this universe became a pauper and allowed, say this with me, he he allowed men to mistreat him and went so far as the depths of the worst kind of execution of a criminal. And even, even, even just common criminals were not executed by crucifixion. Only the worst of the worst. But Jesus did. He allowed people to mistreat him. Now, let me, let me say this. I know this stuff is easy preaching and hard living. They, they, there's probably nobody in this building that, 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 that likes in the least way for people to mistreat him. You can ask me for anything and I'll give you the shirt off my back. But if I think you're trying to sneak it out of me, are y'all with me? If I think you're trying to get something over, whoo, I feel it. I feel it. I feel a redneck coming. Say amen. I'm talking about just simple things. Hold a door open somebody and they just walk by and don't even acknowledge that. I want to snatch them right back out that door. I know that's not, I'm, he's still working on me. I got issues, I know. But are y'all with me? I, I want to get an attitude about that. And Jesus said, forgive them, Father, for they know not what they do. Amen. See, we're selfish and we don't even realize it. And the worst place that could happen, the worst place that selfishness could show up, the worst place that selfishness could manifest itself is in God's people. Why, number three, this is where I wanted to get to the whole time. Why is this so important? Why is this so important that we show, in, 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 the, in the first few verses, he's, he's, he's calling for charity, harmony, and unity. Loving one another, submitting to one another. And, 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 and listen, being together of one mind. Why is this so important? Look what it says. Verse 14. Verse 14. When you get there, say amen. amen. Do all things. Remember, remember, 
There's two people arguing in the church. Look in chapter 4, Yodius and Syntyche. I don't know what they're arguing over, it doesn't say, but they're not getting along. There's some division. And it happens all the time. Y'all with me? And what he's saying is, is, is this happens because you're selfish. I have my rights. No, you're a slave. You don't have any. Think about it. Study your Bible. The Bible says we're slaves of Christ. But the word says servant. I know it, but the, the, the word is slave. It means we have no rights. We're slaves of Christ. You know what? When, you've, when you live your life as you have no rights, you don't ever get offended. The reason we get offended is because we feel like someone's taking our rights away. Yeah, it's good. I'm telling you, it's good. Look what it says. 14. Do all things without murmurings and disputings. Why? Why? That ye may be... Come on, everybody. Get with me. That ye may be... You know what? No sinner... No unconverted, unchurched person in Coleman County should have any reason to blame any of Temple Baptist people. In other words, nobody should be able to say, well, I tell you what, I ain't going down there because so-and-so. That's what, it, that's what that means. Blameless. Now, it doesn't mean we're going to be perfect. We can be blameless. I don't want to give, I tell you what, I don't care. I know I'm a Christian, but bless God, they're not going to. I'm not going to tip because they didn't fill my tea up all the way to the rim. My steak was pink instead of. Think about that. Think about that. I know this is controversial, but it's time we are. You know what? That person that's bringing your tea, they're not going to think one thing about forgetting to bring you tea. They're going to think about the Christian that just stepped out of church who was a cheapskate. I think if Jesus can take a crown of thorns, you can take a cold steak. By the way, she ain't the one that cooked it anyway. Or him. Okay. Bless God. That ye may be blameless, harmless. The sons of God without rebuke. In the midst of a crooked and perverse nation. What's he saying? What's he saying? We're in the... (laughs) This does not even need explanation. How many of y'all know we're in a crooked and perverse nation? Which means darkness. Do you know you're the only Jesus they're ever going to see? Well, they got their Bible, but they don't read it like some of y'all. So how are they going to know Jesus unless they see Jesus in you? And how are they going to see Jesus in us if we're walking around like a selfish Demanding our rights. Now, it's one thing for all that mentality to be out there. But the problem is, is the world's getting more churchy and the church is getting more worldly. Y'all notice that? Everybody's religious out there now. It don't matter what they're doing. Drinking a glass of whiskey, what would Jesus do? I don't think he'd do that. And then you find stuff that you would never think would be in the church. Like selfishness. I won't. I don't know why they won't. All I. And we hear that word, I, I, I. Where'd that come from? The devil, the devil, the devil. Look at the verses that talk about his fall. I will do this. I will raise my throne above. I, 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 I. That's where it started. Right? 
So why should we have unselfishness? Why do we need to fight this? I'm telling you, we need to fight this. I need to fight it in my own marriage, in my own life, and with my kids and, and everything. I need to fight this with everything I have. Why? Because of my testimony. You see, we have the, the instruction, then we have the illustration with Jesus, and now we find the importance of this, the importance of dealing with this and taking this out and struggling and fighting this in our life. The importance is our testimony. Our testimony. There's things I won't do. There's places I won't go. Uh, listen, there's just things I won't participate in, and I'm going to be very, 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 very careful because I have a testimony. And my testimony is all I have. You can spend a lifetime, you can spend a lifetime building one and lose it in five seconds. And he's saying you need to be blameless, harmless, without rebuke. No, no sinner in Coleman should ever have a reason not to come to temple because of some foolishness in here. Because of our testimony. Why is our testimony so important? This is the last thing. This is like this is what this is what all this whole message is about. This right here. This right here. This is what this whole message is about. It's not trying to make you a better person. It's not trying to just to, so you this is why. Look what it says. The last thing. Our testimony is so important. Why? We're in a crooked and perverse nation. What are we doing in this crooked and perverse nation? Among whom ye shine as Light, come on guys, get with me, get with me. Don't get mad yet, wait till I'm through. <clears throat> Help me. Among whom you shine as in the world. What are we doing? Holding forth the word of We're sharing the gospel. You know why we let other people have the good seats? You know why we don't mind parking in the pit of misery? So unchurched people can come. And we can hold forth the word of life. You know why we sing songs that we don't necessarily like? It's not really our genre or whatever you want to call it. It's not what we really prefer, but hey, we allow it because we're... You know why we adjust and we change and we, we, we are unselfish in our actions and un unselfish in our preferences and unselfish in our desires? Because we're trying to win people to Christ. Preach it, preacher. Come on, Come on. Yeah. That's what it's all about. Right. I don't like that coffee. Don't drink it. Right. Don't drink it. Listen, there is something about a cup of coffee about this big a 350-pound man can hide behind. That's not there because we have to have coffee. That has nothing to do with it. It is to make an unsaved, unchurched person feel more comfortable and come in to be able to hear the Word of God. Now, how many of y'all can be honest for about 37 seconds? Y'all can't even, 37 seconds? Really? Can't even, can you fake it that long? Now think about this. How many of y'all have been out of town on vacation or been somewhere else and went to a, a, a visiting church? You went somewhere else, went to church. Come on, raise your hand. Raise your hand. Well, y'all don't go when y'all leave here, do you? <laughs> How many of you, when you went in that, 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 that new church, that visiting church, you just went, you just went in and, 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 and you were terrified when you went in? <clears throat> I'm a preacher. I grew up a preacher's kid. I've been to Bible college and conferences and everything else, and I'm scared to death to go in any of them. What are they going to make me do? <clears throat> they going to pull out snakes somewhere? <laughs> are they going to make me stand up? Are they going to? Hello? I'm saved. Can you imagine the person that's never been to church? Now think about this. The only, the only thing they know about church is what they see on TV. And they don't make us look real good on TV, people. 
So guess what? When an unchurched person comes in church, y'all are weird. I mean, we're trying to hear a song. We're singing a song, and all of a sudden, you're shooting your hand up. What's your problem? You got a question? They don't know. They don't, they don't know we're praising and we're worshiping. And they hear somebody in there, sing it. What? What are you doing, man? Don't be... What are you crying for? They don't know. So guess what? We're going to be unselfish. You know why? Because I want them to be saved. I want them to be saved. Let me tell you something. There was a turning point at Temple Baptist Church. There was a transition about 2007, 2007, 2008. We made a decision at Temple that we was going to care more for the unchurched than we did about ourselves. We've been called everything under the sun. We've been criticized every way you want to, you, 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 want, you, you just, anyway. But we made a decision. We were going to think and live and practice like those who don't know Jesus are more important than ourselves. And we're going to be willing to give up our preferences if that's what it took to hold forth the word of life to those who don't have it. Are y'all with me? Now listen, here's some things. Here's some things. Oh, I I forgot the list. I forgot my glasses. I forgot the list. Let me see if I can do it by memory. Listen, be willing to park in an inconvenient place. So someone, I I, I was in a church one time. I was at a church one time in in Florida, in northern Florida. We pulled in, and and, and they had some spaces that were for for guests, you know, first-time attenders. And it made some of the church members mad. Bless God, I've been going to this church for 37 years. And I tell you what, and I can't even park where I want to park. And all that. You know all he's saying? I'm a selfish jerk. And I want everybody to know it. Yeah, you've been going 37 years. And you're probably going to heaven. And so you want to you be selfish and not allow somebody who's not going to heaven? Does this make sense? Let's park where other people won't park. And by the way, our staff practices every week. If you'll notice our staff, we park as far away as we possibly can to give everybody else good parking. I can't tell you how many times I've walked in the afternoon, Sunday afternoon, about crippled. Can't hardly walk, nerve in my hip, messed up, thinking, what in the world? And then when I see them getting baptized, that's why we're doing it. And let's, 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 let's give up some good seating. Now, good seating at a concert is the front. <clears throat> good seating at a church is the back. <laughs> Y'all with me? Oh, yeah, Johnny, you the man. Now, I'm going I'm to address this crowd right over here. <clears throat> I need y'all to help me. I need y'all to help me. It don't look like it now because they, they kind of souped up over there. Uh, uh, Mo done got his crowd, you know, energized and they filled it up. But most of the time, this is really full and that's over there empty. You know why? Because first-time attenders and new people, they want to come and sound real quick. And this is the quickest place to get there. So if we can practice sitting a little more over this way and open up some of them back seats. Because first-time attenders, here's what happens. They come either 30 minutes early or 10 minutes late. Most of them 10 minutes late, so they don't have to talk to nobody. <laughs> and what happens when they come in? They want to come in and sit down real quick. And if you're in a good Baptist church, they fill up from the back to the front. <laughs> Am I right? So let's try to leave some of them back rows for the unchurched. Okay? Some of y'all need to be on the front anyway. <clears throat> All right, I, I'm, 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 Brother John told me to say that. All right, Here, here's, how, 
Here's how we can practice unselfishness. Here's how we can practice unselfishness. Park in the lower lot. Not always the top lots. Listen, we got, we got, we got cart drivers that y'all are really shafting. <clears throat> they come every week excited to tote y'all and y'all won't let them. Let's, let, let them have a job, okay? I mean, they're losing their jobs everywhere. Let's let them keep their job. Ride with them. Y'all with me? Don't be unselfish. Ride with the cart people, amen? Listen, go right out of the parking lot instead of left. Quit being so selfish. Yeah. I see somebody's been going left. <laughs> Sit on the left side of the auditorium. Open up some areas. Uh, not right close to the kids' areas. And that's another thing. I forgot about that. The kids' areas are right there. You know, new people, they want to hurry and get to their, their little monkeys. All right? Listen, how about this? Meet people when you come in. Don't just come in and sit down. Let me read that one again. <clears throat> Meet people when you come in. Don't just come in and sit down. Sit towards the front, not the back. Uh, uh, help, us, help us fellowship in the auditorium. Help us fellowship in the auditorium. Sometimes we clog up the entrances, and, 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 and for new people, coming through a gauntlet is terrifying. Right? So let's fellowship. We're, and by the way, this summer we're going to create some, some more fellowship areas to do that, and that's going to be really good. Say amen. Uh, hey, welcome people you don't know during handshaking time. Find somebody you don't know on purpose and introduce yourself. Here's a good one. Use the children's programs for your children so they don't distract those around you who are needing to hear the gospel. Now watch this. It also helps you pay attention and allow your children to get a lesson that's on their level. Think about the people around you, okay? How about this? How about this? Coming in and out. Coming in and out. I know this is elementary, but my, my, my parents taught me this when I was a little bit of kid. Uh, go to the bathroom before church. Before church. Somebody's excited over here. I, I don't know what the... Amen? I know this is crazy that we have to bring this up, but this happens all the time. Let's do this for a change. Let's understand that this world doesn't revolve around our chair. That there are other people around us. And let's be unselfish and respect them too. And all God's people see it. Amen. And we can do, there's so many on the list, you know, you know. Let's live a life of unselfishness. Amen. And all God's people say it. Amen. Not just so you can be a good person, but because you're a witness. Amen. Your testimony. Now listen, look at me, look at me. I see y'all getting restless. Hang on a minute, I'm almost done. Your testimony is critical to your witness. If people see you acting like a selfish jerk, they're not going to listen to your message about an unselfish Savior. Because what they're going to think is he ain't done you much good. And all God's people say it. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, I thank you for your blessings and your kindness. 